Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we discuss when clients shop you and how to avoid that. It is a terrible reality of today's design industry. And um, it's something that I have some experience in myself and then watching the designers here at the store. It's happening more and more. And I know what's happening. I can see it. Some of those things, it's like it's like being a designer and walking into someone's house and you know how to fix it. And they've lived with it like that, right? <laughs> but there are a bunch of different ways that you approach the client. There's different ways that you set up the project. There's ways that um, you've presented your presentation to them. And it's causing the clients to do this, to not just shop you, but think that they're such a big part of the process that they go shopping, like they act like they're being a designer. And it's the worst pattern you can get into. It, it will create this horrible relationship. You just got to trust me where it won't ever end, right? So you've got to stop it in the beginning. This is one of those things that that if you can fix it at the beginning, if you can set the stage right, if you can control your project and, and do it in the right order, you won't have that problem in the end. So Nadia, explain what's been happening and like what happened to you? Because this has happened a couple times and we've touched on it a bit, but I finally had this light bulb moment this one this week about, okay, I see what's happening. I'm hearing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to be coaching on it at the store, but yeah. Um, well, I think I've had it happen to me a couple of times and each time you have a client and you're in the moment, you're thinking you're doing it right, even if you know you're not. But um, once you kind of either are at the end of the project, but you look back and see the red flags and whatnot, in one instance, um, in the moment, all I could see was just he was very controlling in a way. And but then again, they've never worked with the designer. And so other than that, I didn't really have any other big red flags coming at me until the end. And I was when I looked back, I was like, okay. And I was pretty blindsided with them. But long story short, um, we ended up having designs well, for three okay. in a second to that to the other thing. Um it was them at the end wanting to know the vendors, wanting to know the quality of that of every piece. And I thought I had gone over every piece with them. I had gone over all the benefits, why it was a certain way. And then they asked for, um, itemized lists of pricing. And then they said, Oh no, no, we're not going to shop you. Like we know you put a lot of work in. We just want to really understand the quality of these pieces and do our due diligence when we are spending so much money. And in hindsight, you might think, okay, well, I guess it kind of makes sense. Even though I gave them all the information, like the specs of certain big products that we were selling. And then they ended up never returning my calls Uh or a different shopper who's just very, um, what's the word? Um, (laughs) I guess cheap is a little. No. Well, they actually said, they're the ones that said to me. Frugal. Where I said, I'm frugal. And he said, no, we're cheap. Whatever. (laughs) Yes. And you know, money shoppers for price. Yes. Right. Money isn't an object for them, but they just love wanting to get the lowest, lowest, lowest price. But Sometimes, yes, you can get a steal and that's awesome. We all love a steal, but you have to be realistic that there are things that you can't get a steal and you have to pay full price because that's what you're getting in the quality. And so it's also a little different because we do have this setting that we are in the store that we offer complimentary designer designs. And so that may also throw them off and thinking that they can like use us or that we're shoppers for them and just setting those clear boundaries and like professional, um, like expectations and whatnot. Yeah, but that happens to client. That happens to designers, independent designers yes, too. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, 
if even if you've taken a deposit and you've done tons of work, the the customers can still walk away at that point. They've paid you know a small amount of money to you, but now they can take your design and they can steal it. And that's that's what's happening. And I can I understand it, right? It's it's human nature to want a good deal. It's human nature to wonder if you're getting the best deal. And now with the internet where you can shop and price and they can see our products. I mean, back in the day, as a designer, you'd go to the design center. Clients weren't even allowed in. Non-designers were not even allowed into the building um, unless they were escorted by you. And you had to go prove at the front that you were a designer and show your business license and your then you know be registered and um and it was a big scandal when they opened the design centers to the public and we knew it was going to change the industry it's it's like it's like pulling back the curtain and letting uh you know letting consumers letting the general public know how we price things that we do mark things up and and again i say this all the time but but step back and think about it you're you're just like a sort of a portable store right i mean you're selling items you're buying it at a wholesale you're you're adding your value to it and then you're reselling it that's no different than target or nordstroms or any other retail establishment this is it's a you know <laughs> um a, a concept where where you can buy it wholesale mark it up and resell it for a profit that's business we shouldn't be any different but because we're independent because um it's easier to isolate because a lot of what we do is sort of transparent now where they can see the pieces you're you're showing them the pieces and then they can go shop it you can do a google image search a lot of the designers were shocked by that like how did they find out me yeah what? how did they what find out this? i said well they probably just searched by picture it doesn't matter if you didn't show them the vendor nowadays they just search for the picture and the other thing that we're coming up against is we're we're kind of losing the regulations. It used to be um, companies were really protective of their their products and their pricing, knowing they didn't want to shut out the brick and mortar, knowing they didn't want to hurt, you know, designers, and that was their bread and butter for so long. That was their foundation, and now they're really loosening their their regulations. So they're they're really um, it's easy to find stuff almost at cost, almost at what we would pay for it on the internet. And that's that's a struggle, right? That's challenging. And I don't ever want people to think that they have to, um, you know, lower their prices or not make profit or not mark things up because of it. There are ways to solve this problem, Ta-da! Mm-hmm. right? Because again, at the end of the day, it's not new. It's just that they have more tools at their fingertips to shop you and to learn. So starting with the very beginning, um, you know, why do people even do that? And and you think about it, it's human nature. You know, if you're going to buy a computer, right? Uh, you know, you, when I'm buying a new laptop, I research who's got the best deal. You know, is it Dell directly? Is it Best Buy? Is it Costco? Is it, and we do our research and then I get nervous. I think, oh gosh, okay, I'm going to buy it from here. But is that really the lowest price? And so I'll keep shopping and then I'll ask some people and then I'll look for coupon codes. Right? They always says, you know, put in your promo code. I'm thinking, promo code? I don't have a promo code. There's a promo code out there. <laughs> and so I'll spend another couple hours just searching. And it's incredibly frustrating. And it, it, it hits on your fear. And am I being taken advantage of? I mean, it's understandable, right? We, that is just human nature and that's how we all are. So how do you, how do you solve that problem? Well, it honestly, it goes back 
it goes back to um, qualifying your client. It goes back to that relationship you have with them. Gosh, starting from the phone call, you know, and then the first house call and most importantly, the chat. It always comes back to the chat. It's that little speech that I teach about um, how you get a client to look you in the eye and say, hey, I'm serious. This is my career. You know, you're on board, right? And essentially, you're teaching them your system. You have to think of it as a system. When you go see a doctor, there's, you know, a certain order that they do things. They take your temperature. They weigh you. The nurse takes your vitals. You you just expect it, right? When you walk into the doctor, could you imagine saying, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want my weight taken today and you're not taking my temperature. Can I just talk to the doctor now? They'd be like, you're crazy. <laughs> this is our industry. This is how we work most effectively. I need all of this information up front. I need to essentially qualify you. I need to take your temperature and your weight to see if anything's changed. I'm going to get all of this information first so I don't waste the doctor's time. But that's a process. That's a system they have. And we don't question it. And think of every other industry that has a system, you know, that, that you go through their process and we don't question it because it's not our business. We need to be the same. And I think that's why, when, like when I started my my um, coaching course, I I saw that if designers followed the system, they were more successful. And then we learned if designers explained the system to the clients, they were even more successful. And that's the step we're missing here at the store and with people that I talk to. If we can really get down to informing and educating our clients that they don't get to veer off. This is not something that they get to make up the rules for. So the way um, I'm going to tell you how to do that, I'm going to tell you um, what not to do. And then also some little phrases that I've been hearing. And uh, I can't say it enough. Words are so important. The words you use we're, we're too laxed about it. We're, we're too um, flippant. We think, well, you know, I'm just talking. No, everything you say, that client is hearing you, whether it's subconscious or it's consciously. They hear what you're saying and they're forming uh, ideas or uh, expectations based on what you're saying. So <laughs> this is what you do. Again, so the very first house call, or excuse me, the very first phone call, right? They found you on house or they found you on your website or Facebook and they call and say, I'm, I'm curious about your design services. Uh, you know, how does that work? How much do you charge? That's what they always ask because that's what's important right up front. But that's not what's important. I, I don't want you to ever think that you're the commodity, right? It's, it's, not, it's not like they can compare you to another designer based on price there's just no comparison. Everyone's so different and every designer has their own talent and, and they're going to connect with the right clients and that's going to be the right client for them. So don't fall into the trap of feeling like you have to answer to that client because again, you have a system. That's not the way your system works. So on that call, you don't give your price, right? I say this all the time. You don't give free design advice. You start from the beginning by taking charge and asking them questions. Oh, tell me about your project. What are you working on? What's your time frame? You know, you start by pre-qualifying the very beginning and say, well, this is how we work. 
you know, I'll come out to your house and there's no charge for that. I just want to get to know you and, you know, see the space. And so you planted a seed there. This is how we work. This is how it's going to go. Then just get in the house. I don't give them too much information on the phone because they could get overwhelmed and get scared or they could say, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. And they're going to call a designer that tells them a price and boom. But the way around the pricing part is to say, you know, I have different packages. I have different ways that I charge. It really depends on the project. I really just need to come see the house. Let me just come see the space and let's see if it's a good fit. It, it It's nothing out of their pocket. So why wouldn't they say yes, right? But when you get there, you need to start from the very first moment. Hi, you know, what a beautiful house. I love the location. I'm so glad you had me here for this first house call. You know, this is this is really about information gathering. Like I said on the phone, it's to see if it's a good fit. I want to see the project. I want to see, you know, what you have in mind. And we'll talk about your time frame and budget. And so show me your space. Again, you've planted the seed. This is what we're doing today. This is how I work. This is our process. And I don't I won't get into it because you know the whole first house call is its own call and how you keep focused and but it should never be more than 45 minutes to an hour. Like that's the max for a house call. And even now designers, you know, at the store are gonna say, Well, I was just there all afternoon. Why? What could you possibly do at someone else's house? When you're in control, if you've been there that long, then the client has taken control. You've lost. There, you've lost. That was one of the red flags that I noticed. So we stop it again at the beginning. You're there for an hour because that's the way you work. They don't get to dictate your time or your process. When you get to the end of touring their house and you've made all the chit chat and you think, okay, this is a project I want. All right, this is, I want to work with this person. It's a great house. We're a great fit. Um, that's when you sit down and you have the chat. So n- now you get to that place where you say, all right, let's sit down and go over the paperwork. <laughs> it's never the favorite part, but you know, got to do it. It's part of business, right? But it's a casual way of just transitioning. But as you're sitting there, be strong, be confident, have your contract, have a packet you've put together, have, you know, Nadia made a good point. That packet, not just your contract, but bullet pointed list of the chat for them. And you simply say to them, this is how I work. Or this is how we work, depending on what you have. But this is how I work. Today was about information gathering and getting to know you. And I think your project's going to be amazing. And I'm really excited to work on it if you'll have me. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to be eating, sleeping, drinking your project. The way that I find as a designer right? You're telling them you're a designer. You're not a salesperson. You're not a personal shopper. As a designer, I like to really completely focus on a project and put myself in your shoes and get to know you so well that I'm shopping as if I were you. And I can create this beautiful design for your home as if you were doing it and had access to all the resources that I have and you have the design experience and really the time. You don't need to worry about this. You get to go relax and have fun. I get to do all the hard work. But a big part of that is me getting to know you well enough and to create this this relationship. It's really important because I want to make sure the house looks the way you want it to look. So think of all those things I said right there. You're connecting with them. You're making them feel more confident. 
You're, you're definitely the dominant person in the conversation here. You've taken the reins and you've told them they don't get to be a part of the shopping at this point. They'll always have an opinion, right? And you'll have them involved, but they are not shopping for pieces because you're not shopping for pieces. You're designing their space. That's where I see this disconnect coming in, even at the store. The words that we're saying imply that we're shopping for them. That client of yours that was openly, um, you know, shopping us and bringing us prices said to me, well, isn't it your job to go find the cheapest price? No, (laughs) no, I'm an interior designer. My job is to design a space for you. It is not to find the cheapest price, right? So set it up at the beginning and, and he got it. Once I finally explained it to him that, that I have a different service, I'm providing something different. It is not my job to find cheapest. It's my job to create a beautiful space. And if you have to pay a little bit more for something tough, right? Because it's part of the design. Mm-hmm. That's a different mindset. That's a different concept than, oh, you're going to pick out pretty things for my house and go shopping for them. See, and that's... That's what I'm seeing that's happening here. And it occurred to me when um, it was Karen on the phone yesterday and, and it was this client, right? The, she had spent way too much time with her and the client came in and it was supposed to be a touch base appointment and ended up being the final presentation. Um, so she was a little frantic and Karen was kind of sort of playing catch up. The client spent, you know, quite a bit of money, but she asked for an itemized list of every price And when she took it home, she got right on the internet and she remembered the pieces or she had a picture or she could search for something. Describe it. Yeah. You could put in, you know, 60 inch round glass or marble table and you'd find it pretty fast. And she called back and she wanted cheaper pricing on everything. Well, I found it here. Well, I found it there. And oh, by the way, I found this and look at this. And, you know, from the beginning, we knew that client was a shopper. She had sent us pictures of other stores she'd been to. And it was never established at the beginning. This is how I work. This is how we work. This is our system. We're going to do this first. I'm going to work on your project this way. We're going to meet at this time. This is when you give me money, right? It's really that, like laying it out. And because it wasn't established that way, now we're stuck in this pattern. And when Karen said to me, uh, the woman kept showing her, sending her pictures of things. And Karen said, well, what about that table? I found you. And I thought, what do you mean you found a table for her? Don't you mean you designed a beautiful dining room for her? You designed a room for her. So when you're using verbiage, like, look at what I found, you're saying you're a shopper, that you're a personal shopper and you're just out there to find pieces. And that is absolutely not what we are. If from the beginning she had established this, this is how we work and take control, that person can choose to not work with us. That person could go find someone that's a shopper. Great. Pay, pay them hourly. Or we could charge hourly if you want us to just shop for you. But, you know, really take control and say, this is how we work. This is the project. I'm a designer. And when you present, that's why I say you got to present. You can't show them a piece here and a piece there. You can't email them pictures or, or text them pictures of something. Oh, look, I found this. No, you present a design as if you're an artist, as if you're a designer. 
you show them what you've created for them. That's why renderings, not everyone does renderings. I do because you have to show them the whole room you created. You have to put the lamps and the plants and the window treatments and everything in there because even though they can go find another sofa, they can't get everything else. They can't pull it together. They can't mm-hmm. place it the way you've placed it. They're not going to accessorize the way you've accessorized. All of those little details, they'll they'll get it. I can't do that. I can go find a sofa cheaper, but I can't do that. Yeah. Question. Yes. Um, just kind of listening to what you're saying and seeing also firsthand in the store um, and also kind of seeing how, you know, caring works. And I've had that with my client too, where it was just a touch base mm-hmm. and and they ended up loving it. Luckily, my certain client was super easy and that's just been how we've been working the past three rooms was just at my touch base. They get it. They want it. But what happens when you are trying to do a touch base and you are trying to be by the system and then they want to buy it and you don't want to let the money walk. But at the same time, hearing about kind of Karen's situation was... She was frantic, so you're kind of feeding into that franticness Mm -hmm. and you're not establishing that. But at the same time, you also don't want the money to walk. So how do you – like what do you recommend in that scenario? Well, she – at a touch-based appointment, you haven't shown them the rendering. You haven't shown them the full package. You haven't shown it put together. So uh, in your your panic to want to sell things quickly, we do have to take a step back. You have to realize that the time frame is shortened. Clearly, they're anxious. So you better hustle and get your act together and get it ready by tomorrow or the day Mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. But say, I know you guys are excited and you want it, but we've got to do the process. This is the way it's going to be successful. This is the way my clients are happy. This is the way you're going to love your room and we make sure that we nail it and we get the right pieces and we don't make mistakes. I know you're excited, but let me just get through this. But you're not taking money. Again, just that fact that you are sending them away and telling them to come back tomorrow or two days later, not a week. Don't give them a week. Or two weeks, just it's got to be a day. But you're taking back control. This is the way I work. This is my system. You don't get to dictate that. And that touch-based appointment is so important because you really don't know. I mean, they may have told you, well, I want this room and I have to have a nightstand with a drawer and I've got to have this and I've got to, I don't want any wood. But you get to that touch base and they could see a wood table and go, oh, I love it. So maybe it wasn't that they didn't want wood. Maybe it was that style of wood. Maybe, But you don't know that until mm-hmm. the touch base. So you still have to use that and, and just tell them, I know you're excited and uh, you know that's the way you might think this really works, but that's more of a furniture store. That's more of a, you know, or a personal shopper. I'm a designer. You want me to create this beautiful space for you. But it takes all of the pieces that have to work together. They all have to fit into your budget. They all have to be beautiful and transition from room to room and color bridging and you know, throw out lots of technical <laughs> little you know terms that make them realize, okay, this is different. I'm not just buying a sofa. Yeah. And then one question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just thinking back to a current client, um, I had designed the space. They bought the sofa, the ottoman, and she kind of didn't like a couple of things and wanted me to shop some things and send. And But at that point, we were in a relationship. And so down the line, when she's asking for some chairs, um, am I still able to show her them in terms of like just send her a picture? And if she wants to get it, great. If not, not to have her come back in. And because we've already done the design of the room. And at this point, I also don't want to pressure. And I understand like they already got the big chunk. So we have time. But now she wants to get these two leather chairs. So I sent her an option that I think would fit the design best. The the main key to that, and I get it, especially with someone you already have a relationship with, and so yeah, how does you know work? they're not shoppers, and you know you trust, but but there will always be a time, right? What if they see an ad for something or it pops up? As soon as they've started talking about it, 
it's going to start popping up on their computer. (laughs) That's our world today. So uh, you can send them pictures, but only if you can talk to them personally and walk them through it. There's something about you. You still need to sell it. You need to show her the leather chairs and get on the phone while they're looking at it. So they're not jumping to conclusions. They're not forming, you know, a preconceived notion of something that, oh, that's too expensive or that's this or that's, you need to say, all right, here's the chair I found. And this is why it's great for the design that we had created. This is why I know it's right for you. And they're getting that little bit of your designing, even though you've just found them a piece and sent it to him, but they need to know that you're still connected. And you weren't just the shopper. No, you found the right piece and you're presenting it to them. If you have to do that, you know, over the phone and talk to them, but you need to hear in their voice, you need to hear if they say, ooh, 3,600, you know, you need to hear it from them and you just can't get that in a text or an email. So because sales is so much emotion and Mm. reading body language and, you know, it is subconscious that comes out. Our, Our subconscious is speaking a lot louder than our conscious when we're when we're buying something, they're making a big decision like this. So you need to be able to at least hear their voice. So yeah, you can do it, but mm. understand it's got to be with a client you trust. You've already established that kind of a reputation or, you know, a rapport with them, but you're still there with them. It's still you in control. You're not giving them things that were now they're thinking, oh, well, I kind of like that, but let me see what else I can find, right? Hopefully you convince them and they can tell you right there, no, I love it. All right, great. Give me your credit card number again. I'm going to go run it. We'll get them on order and it'll be part of your install. Again, see how you're taking control back? The more that they think, they just don't know what it's like working with a designer. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And they're used to, you know, being able to, well, I guess I got to go find it myself. And and sometimes people find it's fun. I mean, obviously it is fun for us. And then you just have to keep reminding them. I know you're really excited. Don't worry. We've got this nailed. The design we're coming up with is amazing for you. I know you're excited. So you know what? I'm going to pull everything together. I think I've got it nailed now. Come back tomorrow and we'll be completely ready. We can wrap it up and then we can get it on order and, and we'll get, you know, one step closer to having your dream home. But it is, it's, it's, it is, it comes down to control, but having confidence, you know, what works best. Mm -hmm. You know, the system that works best. You know, that chat works. So own it. Yeah. Don't let them dictate. I think I personally, um, not that I have an issue ever asking for money. I just feel a little guilty having them spend money, which is, it's not my problem. It's it's yeah. their money. I am respectful. I'm not showing them outrageous prices when they have a low budget or trying to seem like snobby or unattainable, but I just need to also be more confident in terms of this is my design. I have great yes. taste. I'm a great commodity. If this isn't working for you in terms of your budget, there's other options, but I'm not going to jump through hoops or feel bad or kind of step back and let them walk over me because I'm younger or because I seem shy and they're just kind of um, not manipulating it, but like banking off of that. I think that's something I've been noticing as well. Like, okay, this is it. You don't like it, you know, but of course in a respectful way and doing everything because there are clients that you try to do the chat and which I've done and had the whole step by step. And there's still, um, there's a word in Russian I want to say that's like, um, (laughs) they're like, which means they're just like, yeah, they're just like rude about it. And there's just the word, the way that word that describes you, it. Yeah. The the way that it just, that word describes like they're still going to go and get their way and still yeah. be um, yeah. not vulgar about it, but like just the context. Yeah. Of like they don't care. They'll do it, you know? But that's kind of why it comes across that way. 
because they know they're taking Advantage. your power. That's the word. Yeah, they're t- they're taking, uh, they're stepping in and doing your job for them. Again, you know, I I like using analogies. Um, to me, that's the best way to teach, so that you can picture it in your head. But imagine telling your doctor, like, no, no, we're not going to remove that mole. Mm-mm. I like this mole. Take that mole off. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? There are so many other professions where you don't get to tell them what to do. You know, you don't tell your mechanic, no, I need you to replace the brakes when it's clearly something else that's going wrong and they're they're trying to fix it. So it, it does, it all comes back to being proud of being a designer and understanding that this is a talent and a gift and you should treat it that way. You need to treat it as seriously as you, you, you want your clients to look at you and, and treat you with respect. Well, you need to respect yourself. And you know what, Nadia, that's a great idea. I always talk about you know, presenting the chat, talking about the chat, talking on the phone, but there's nothing wrong with writing out those points in bullets and going over them with the client. If have them initial it, have them sign it. Even just that act will make them feel more committed. I've signed a contract with this person. I've signed a document with this person. I don't get to go do something else. And, and then of course you have to be nice and you have to be forthcoming and we we are really fair with our pricing mm-hmm. and I take it very seriously to be competitive and to research my own pricing and you know we're slightly above the going rate on the internet those people don't have overhead those people don't you know they don't have a warehouse they don't have to ship and receive this stuff they just call the vendor and have it directly shipped to the client what happens if it comes in damage what I mean there's so much more that goes into that and I'm getting tired of explaining that to clients mm-hmm. So stepping up at the front end and explaining it to clients before we even start designing for them. I mean, again, it's one hour out of our time versus, you know, 20 hours of work that we don't get paid for. But even when clients, just as I thought, when they do look online, they find that piece. Like before I started working here, I would always be online looking for things. I'm the biggest prolific shopaholic oh, yeah. in the world. Yes, she is. And I've never seen these items that we have show up on these websites. Yeah. Whether it was Wayfair or other design websites, now that I look back, I can kind of see things. Uh-huh. But even these um, sometimes clients, like they don't see them until they've seen our stuff. Oh, yeah, I think I did see that there. Or look, I found it. But you clearly didn't find it before me. You didn't yeah. see that style that would fit that vision. That's all me. So again, the difference between that. And presenting the design, presenting your rendering, presenting the floor plan, not singling out each item as much, you know, you, you need to continually remind them that it's the whole, it's the sum of the parts. It's, it's every item in that room, in that space plays a part and makes it successful. And if you screw with one thing, it could ruin the whole design. Those are the things we need to focus on and get our clients to understand then they're not going to pick it apart. You know, they're not going to go try to find a different table or a cheaper table. And just, you know, so much kindness and um, empathy and support to them to where, again, they would feel horrible. And if they are the kind of person that's going to go shop you, even after all of that, That, you don't want them as a client. Cut it it loose fast. Say, you know what? It, It sounds like you're really looking for a personal shopper. And, you know, that's wonderful. I'm sure that's, you know, there are people out there that you could find that would do that for you, but you wanted me to create a design for you. And that's a different, that's a, that's a different process. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's not a good fit. We call that in sales, the takeaway, right? Yeah. People do not like the takeaway. <laughs> One thing you also mentioned, um, 
to me personally on a client was I had made a design and it was kind of our touch base. So I did have like two or three options um, just in case, which in hindsight, I should have just put that to the side in case she said it. But you always say, no, you get one design, uh-huh. one item that you picked. That's the great design. Uh-huh. You don't sell her or find another option. That's the best design and you sell it. Why? X, Y, Z. Yeah. I mean, you have a back pocket. I only find back pocket pieces for things that even I'm questioning. Mm. Like, I wonder if she's going to like this. I see. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure... But let me just have a back pocket just in case. Or this is a piece I think is beautiful, but it's a little bit more expensive or it might be might be a hard sell to try to sell them a $500 lamp. Um, so then you have a back pocket, things like that. But for the most part, yeah, they, you know, they've, they've, they're purchasing the design mm-hmm. and everything that goes in it, not just the individual pieces. Um, and you just got to keep remembering that, you know, we're designers, we, we have value, we're important. yes. yes. Right? What people need us. People want us right now more than ever. Again, guys, this is the best time to be a designer. Our business is booming. I'm still hiring more designers. It's just crazy. Again, who would have thought global pandemic would be absolutely amazing for our industry? But but it is. Our whole world is changing. And the the definition of a home is changing. Really, what a home means to people has changed it's now their school and their office and everything else so let's make it beautiful let's make it functional let's make people happy right yeah and and in this day and age with technology kind of hindering our industry no one can manipulate and create that human connection no one can um absolutely artificially create it and that's what makes you the best or separates you is the way you personally are and like you always said Chelsea, they come back for you yep that's what is going to make you successful. And that's what I'm learning to better myself and work yeah. on my um, kind of mistakes and here and there. But yeah, you're doing great. Thanks. More confident. I love seeing yeah. you more confident because it is. We keep telling Nadia, go out there and be with the clients like you are with us, which is goofy and a lot of F words. <laughs> yeah. She gets really shy around clients though. So I'm, I'm working on her. Cause I'm too sassy and too um, you're intimidated by grown-ups, but you're a grown-up now. You need to remember that. And again, they can't do what you do. Yeah. So. Oh, hell no. But yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much and happy designing. Happy designing. And if you have any questions or this is a please. topic that you're struggling with, please let us know. Write a question. We'd love to answer yep. it. Um we're all trying to help each other out. So yeah, ask me on Facebook. Send me a send me a note or, or post it on the page um, and let us know. Uh, what you want to hear, what you want to learn. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.